FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. dark in here let me see here yeah this feels like i'm watching a snuff film <laughs> mannequin heads in the background yeah just you know if you see any of these books behind me catch on fire just tell me um i mean i might it might it might make for a really good podcast are we uh i really honestly thought it was gonna be a little bit better there are we uh are you doing video on this no, I don't. You mean like posting video? Yeah. No. No, but I am recording. We are live. Right now? Oh, yeah. We're so, we're so live. So um, this is Saswa, a, a radio show slash podcast about Bigfoot. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. Typically, I'm joined by my pal, Mark Matsky, but Mark is out this week with some sort of viral infection. So uh, my friend Clint... Uh, Clinton Granberry, I've never called you Clinton before, but for some reason it sh- the the Skype says Clinton, and it now I feel weird about the fact that I just said that. Um, it's my proper name, but Clint- I go by many names in this world. Clint Granberry is joining me, and we're going to talk about whatever we feel like this week. I told him earlier uh, I'm feeling especially lazy. And did no research prior to the show. I really didn't even think we were going to have a show this week, but this is, you know, I'm under this obligation now to put out new shows every week because we're on the radio. So let me describe to listeners, um, before we start talking with Clint, let me describe to listeners what I'm looking at right now so they can kind of, in their mind's eye, as it were, they can imagine. Clint is wearing a uh, Santa Claus hat, you know, the little, like, the, the white puff hat uh white and red puff hat he is surrounded by candles um he is lit as if i were watching uh one of those dogma 97 uh (laughs) films which is some inside baseball film stuff there but uh natural lighting is what i'm looking at and clint's face uh lit by the light of a candle um, so just imagine that in your mind and, um, and Clint is, a is, is actually, we, we look a little bit alike. I always think we're both, you know, bearded, dashing, uh, middle-aged, <laughs> middle-aged men. Um, so Clint, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've been on the show at least once before. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful Yoda. Um, yeah, it's a backpack actually. Yeah, so it looks, so I look like I'm a Jedi when I'm wearing him, you know? Yeah. No, I'm sure that's, people probably mistake you. As they see you go wandering past, and they're like, there's Luke Skywalker. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, talk about OK Talk. Oh, man, didn't we do this last time? Maybe. Um, well, I'm a uh, radio professional by day, a podcaster by the evenings. Um, I do a lot of different things, do a lot of voice work, do a lot of production. Worked in Dallas for... Long enough, long enough for over a decade. And uh, I started in radio when I was really young and 
went to journalism school for all of a semester before I realized that I already knew the ropes and then went to school for something completely different. Tried to stay there as long as I possibly could till I couldn't afford it any longer. And uh, all I wanted to do was get back in radio and went to uh, one of the <laughs> a Marconi award winning radio station here in Dallas and uh, said, give me a broom, buddy. And just work my way up the chain. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. You like literally started as a as a janitor. Well, that's a joke. OK. Uh, the lowest entry level position uh, would be like a promotions person. Okay. And the funny thing was it took them forever to call me back because they were looking at my resume and they were like, you're way too qualified to be a promotions person. I was like, well, we're not in Tyler any longer. So that's kind of how it began. And hmm. I did everything under the sun, kind of learn. I mean, it's total on the job training, you know, Yeah. all of the all of the equipment and skills, I never took any formal training for any of that. I learned on the fly, mm-hmm. like the good ones do, right, Seth? Right. That's how we do it. That's how it's. That's that's the best way to learn, I believe, personally. And we've talked about. We've already talked about. Like, I mean, I even feel like we've talked about process and history and all that on OK Talk. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, uh, Clint does a podcast. Uh, with his pal Matt called OK Talk. That's fantastic. Go there, give it a listen. And, uh, of course, Clint's been on the Texas Bigfoot episode. Or was it episodes? Or No, it was one episode. We need to do yeah, a sequel. Done the one. Yeah, we need that's to do good. another one. So if anyone, uh, t- typically every week a show goes up and then I get immediate complaints either via the Facebook page, which I automatically delete, by the way. So if you're one of the many that posts a complaint for me every week, usually calling me some sort of name. Um, I'm going to delete it. So, you, I mean, there's really no reason you can post it. Um, but anyway, uh, Clint and I, I did not do a ton of, uh, like I said, prep for the show. I really didn't think we were going to have one. So this is going to be an on-the-fly, off-the-cuff, conversational uh, kind it's of cool though, episode. I do, have, I do have a few things that I want to ask you on topic. So, Ooh, nice. Okay, well, here's the thing. I, I thought we might call up some of the NAWAC guys and, and maybe get some insight into events in Area X this past, this past yeah. week. But here's... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally I'm totally not going to do that because I couldn't get a hold of anyone. I'm, like, messaging people. No one's responding. Just so, cold call Brian. I... I I could, but I don't know. Like, I hate to bombard people like that out of nowhere. I don't know what he's going to, you know, I texted him. I'm like, you busy. I know that some of these people were down in, well, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say any of that. So I'm not going to. They, well, they, it, is, it is Santa Lucia Day. So probably a lot of people are in the streets tonight being led by the oldest girl child of a family with a crown of candles around her head, a white gown and a red sash. In honor of Saint Lucy, you of course know her saint. Oh, her def- Seth, because she was the saint that, uh, as a young girl, was martyred yeah. for her uh, supporting Christians in uh, Scandinavia. No, I don't. I don't know any of this. And she is celebrated around the world, and to many people, Seth, today is the official beginning of Christmas. This is Sasswat, a podcast about Saint Lucy. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove, and tonight, um, yeah, no, we're just talking about whatever. So. So, Clint, um, one of the cool things about Clint and I is we met through the Internet, which is, is how you meet all your best friends, I'm finding, the older you get. Um, 
But I met I met Clint through the internet, and he uh, has has been a part of my life for the last what? Like, I mean, it's not that long. It's you know, like six months, right? Five months, six months, something right. like that. Um, he's been on the show a couple times. I've been on his show, and uh, we're collaborating. Clint is part of the Small Town Monsters team for the Beast of Whitehall movie, um, which I got blasted last week, by the way, for for even bringing up the film. Uh, I was told that my show has become basically one big plug, and this is why every week I'm, when I'm talking to Mark, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this, because like you know, when we started the show, it was just supposed to be a conversation. Like originally, it was just me talking into a mic, and then it became Mark and I. And we just talk about whatever's going on, and right. somewhere along the line, you know, people started listening to that, and now I guess some people want to steer the direction of the show. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about things anymore. Podcasting in general, I just don't know how I feel about it. It's the same thing that happened when I was doing uh, the Ancillary Characters podcast where, you know, on that show we had like 40 people tuning in every week and they were good with whatever. Right. And then you've got Sasswet where there's a demand. You've got to talk about Bigfoot and it's got to be. So you said you had some on topic questions. Well, it's just funny that you would bring that up because um, I am. An, a national radio producer uh-huh. sometimes, sometimes. Right. I try to stay away from it as long as I can, but especially around the holidays, I have to go and run a show and, uh, it's frustrating and crazy people call because it's an overnight show. Uh-huh. And I began at, at some points asking a person what their thoughts were on Bigfoot. But basically your response to the show is just an amalgamation of, radio listeners in general because what they do is try to steer the show mm-hmm. i mean they're only going to tell you you got to talk about this you got to talk about that i was going to ask you did you guys talk have you read the locals uh by, by the, tom powell the locals by tom powell is one of mark's big books matt matsky loves that book so have you guys discussed the the injured sasquatch um, the one from Mount St. Helens or whatever that was burned in the fire. Um, I've heard about it. T- tell me about it. Well, basically there was a forest fire in that area and people in the fire department spotted a creature that they said was running like a bear, but not like a bear, like it was moving like an ape and it was obviously injured. And so this is actually, that's gotta be right. Battle Mountain, Nevada, Mm -hmm. okay? And I'm just going to read here from a witness report. I observed an animal wounded by fire moving on all fours, not like a bear, more like an ape. Firefighters captured the animal, contacted local vet and medical doctor, U.S. Department of Fish and Wildlife, Department of Interior, and Bureau of Land Management on the scene. Animal tranquilized and moved to unknown location. Those at scene told not to talk about what they saw. Animal approximately seven and a half feet tall, human-like arms and legs, face not like a man or an ape, but mixed between. Genitalia, male, uncircumcised and human-like. Why do I always end up talking about that on this show? It is fascinating. (laughs) You would think that I would just skip over it. Hair covering most of body except chest. Chest has hair but sparse. Hands with sparse hair. Palms are bare, five digits, human opposition of the thumb. Um, multiple burns to hands, feet, legs, and body, some second and third degree using rule of nines. Approximately 45% of the body was burned. 
doctors and vet working together providing care and moved it to an unknown location. This is where it gets interesting, right? Mm, yeah, because it wasn't before. So they called out a medical doctor, and uh, this guy, he's just submitting this to the BFRO, right? So he says, please note, I'm a government employee of one of the listed agencies fighting the brush fire, a large-scale fire, approximately 70,000 acres. I believe a cover-up is in the making, and people need to know the animal needs to be kept alive and studied. So the BFRO guy, you know, he tells his people, he gets this report, and it like 24 hours later, the news catches up to them that, yes, in fact, there was this gigantic fire. So he's waiting frantically for this dude to get back in touch with him, and um, he's going on to say how he finally was able to talk to somebody that was on the scene that was a friend of his. He said uh, approximately 20 people were in the immediate vicinity, all were debriefed and informed. Um, although I had originally told him to call me at length, he did not, uh, I'll use what I have here. The injured, the injured patient apparently wandered within sight of the fire crew and was then, <laughs> and was then surrounded by the firefighters. Now get this, the patient quote, seemed to know that he was captured because he soon gave up. Marty mentioned this several times. He just gave up. The patient sat down on his buttocks, giving no evidence of a will to resist, and like a dog gives up, and then you can do anything you want to it. Mm -hmm. The patient was laid out on the ground at first. His injuries were really serious. Um, they take him into this location. They don't need any kind of physical restraints. He basically responded to touch and seemed to know that you know they were trying to help him. Mm -hmm. This is like this is in line with the black helicopters and Oh, it totally is. Bigfoot. It totally is. Where where do you we've never had this discussion. We haven't talked about a lot of actual Bigfoot stuff. So where do you stand on conspiracy stuff? I don't know, man. Um so I'll go ahead and recommend to the audience if you've not checked this show out on the History Channel called Hunting Hitler. Hmm. Um it's the guy who's running it is a former CIA agent, Bob Bear, a guy who I read his book kind of right after 9-11. It's called See No Evil, and it was basically about in the 90s how they were, you know, tracking bin Laden way before any of us knew who he was, you know, and they had, had the opportunity to take him out after like following for following him for weeks. And basically because of our relationship with the Saudis, we decided not to do it. But anyway, he's a CIA guy human tra tracker and in, a, in 2014 because of WikiLeaks the government released all these documents that were pre previously sealed and there are like 714 pages on the government looking for Hitler after his supposed death at the end of World War II we we're always told you know he kills uh, Ava Braun you know gives her poison and then he shoots himself well basically not only is the like are the papers saying that hey we're getting a lot of reports, but the show is about them tracking down Hitler. And there's a really interesting line in there. And and, and see normally stuff like that on the History Channel, you know, you can give or take. The only reason that I know that these people are real is they really are, you know, badasses in their field. There's a investigative journalist involved who has spent his career, you know, outing Nazis. Um, a guy by the name of Rombaum who hunted down Nazis in tiny communities and safe havens all over the world. And so these are real, you know, former Navy SEAL and all this. And, and they go around the world basically like following his escape from Germany and 
they're along the way, they're meeting eyewitnesses, they're going into places in the middle of the jungle where they're finding medicine for uh, Hitler's stomach ailments. And there's a line in there about how, well, you know, this is a piece of history that we all have just been told this, you know, this thing because it's easy for us to believe that, and especially when everyone in the world was ready for World War II to be over, the best thing to put the public at ease is to tell them that the monster was dead, even though, contrary to what we were told, they had, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple reports and agents in the field and tracked his movements all the way through Spain, out in Argentina. Are you telling me that you think that Hitler was a like a hidden Sasquatch. Is that where is that where this is going? No, he shaved his mustache. Okay, but um, I do. I, I don't necessarily dismiss everything like maybe I once did. I, you know. Um, so as far as like coming down on the conspiracy, do I? I would. I would think that um, if there is an ape species that has been unidentified in the woods. There's a good chance that somebody knows about it, you know? I could see that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And again, since we're talking about something that, you know, I have not seen and do not know to exist, um, starting on that basic premise alone. So, I don't know. I, my, my problem with it is it seems to just answer all these questions. Like, it seems to be a really pat answer for a lot of questions. Like, it definitely is. It definitely is that, uh, oh, they're, they're just keeping it from us. Yeah, uh, stock answer for a lot of things. And the logging industry thing, I don't know. I gotta what? come up. I gotta come up with an argument against the the idea that it's because of the like the logging industry that it's being kept secret. I don't know what my argument would be. Maybe I don't have a viable argument. Like I, I don't really have much of an opinion on conspiracies. Like yay or nay. I mean, I I believe there have been conspiracies, but is the government keeping Sasquatch hidden? I have, I mean, I guess the question why overrides everything for me right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, they have kind of bigger things on their plate than hiding an undiscovered ape species, you know. And if they were, you would think groups like the BFRO wouldn't even be allowed to operate. (laughs) Well, see, okay, so here's the thing, though. Like, the good thing that Bigfoot has going for it is that most people don't really believe in it. So it's not on the top of their priority list of things that they have to prove or have to, you know, snuff out because there really isn't a huge search going on despite the, despite the little community that, you know, email Facebook messages you about about, talking about Hitler now. Right. Uh, I got told I, I last week it was that I sound bored and monotone, um, which is, I think that's, I think it's just my voice. You know, like, I never set out to be a radio show host. Every time I talk to you, you sound real enthused, so... Oh, yeah. It's but funny. No, uh, I, I was just talking about that today with my wife, because I was like... Um, on, it's funny, because the personalities on our, like, the Small Town Monsters team, like, the core guys right now working on the movies, there's really only three of us that are, like, heavily involved every day, all day, every day. And um, out of the three of us, none of us are, like, super... I wouldn't call any of us like very good lord um enthusiastic not not enthusiastic that's the wrong word cuz I I think we're all really excited to be working on this but none of us are like high energy like we're all pretty kind yeah. of chill yeah. that's chill your, that's your generation Seth the meh 
generation. I guess. Either that or, like, I don't know. I think I'm, like, the grumpy old man no matter where I am. But um, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. We were talking no, no, about no. conspiracies. So, 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 like, here's here's what I was – here's kind of my point on that is yeah. that – so here we have an instance where we're talking about the most evil person in the world, you know? Everyone wants to – Bigfoot kill him again right <laughs> everyone wants to kill him and get rid of him and not only is okay just just assume that this is all true which i'm telling you if you give these people like three hours they can convince you it's one of those it's different than the let's go out in the woods and maybe we heard a wood knock it's like they're finding you know they're finding swastika graves in the middle of the woods in mm-hmm. argentina and stuff right. and, and so so this guy everyone in the world would want to know you know, where this guy was so that he could face justice. And not only did they keep it from us, it's like, I've never even heard that that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in comparing that to a situation where we have like a large animal that may be roaming the woods, I think that if you were the one that saw it and law enforcement came up to you and was like, you didn't see nothing. Hey, who was who told? I'm sorry, you probably said it, but like, who actually filed that report that Tom Powell used, or did did like he actually? I mean, who told him that that took place? Let's see. It was like a forest. Someone claiming to be like a forest worker. Well, it was a report to the BFRO. Okay. By a government official, and then it was basically backed up by. I mean, who's the government official? There's not. There's. This is constantly my problem with every report filed and every paranormal uh, slash Bigfoot group is there's these great stories that come from anonymous sources, um, and we just ran into it with the Whitehall movie. But how much of this is just word of mouth? And you know, uh, I mean, or, so we're hearing it was an, it was a government official. How do we know it was a government official and not just some schmo? You know, calling in a joke right like oh there's a fire now let's tell these people that there was a bigfoot or just making up a story i mean like mark and i have well, talked I on the show the before thing, about like, sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i mean that was the thing that first surprised them was that yes there actually was this fire mm-hmm. then they went out there and not only he but others confirmed i guess things like natural disasters or whatever you would call this just nature uh, like, like we just dealt with this with the flooding down in Boggy Creek. And I talked to Lyle about like whether Bigfoot sightings in Falk had been on the uptick or, you know, downswing. And he said that they'd been on the downswing because of flooding or maybe not because of, but, you know, just running concurrently with the flooding. You would think things like a massive fire would be a, a great time to see a Bigfoot, you know, it's like a horde of Bigfoot running across a road or something, fleeing the the oncoming devastation, I guess. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's surprising. There aren't more of these stories is what I'm saying with all the forest fires and everything, you know, like you would, you would expect that to have some impact on sighting data. So you've got like a huge forest fire out in California. You would expect to, to hear more, I guess like road crossing stories or, you know, just something like that. Just to, seeing animals fleeing a particular area, you know, when there was like the fires out West last year, there were all those, uh, what was it? The, the, the elk and everything running across roads and all that. I mean, that's, that's a common occurrence. You see more animals cause they're getting out of the path of the fire. Yeah. But again, that's a herd animal. So uh, dude, 
I have seen with my own eyes a horde of Bigfoot. So yeah. I, kn- I know they travel. You know in, they travel in packs. They travel in packs. <laughs> like Doing a Wookie. Bigfoot style. Yeah. Um, I think I, I just I, and obviously I don't know, mm-hmm. but none of us know unless you're unless you're an expert, unless you're someone who claims to be a Bigfoot expert after talking for years about how there are no Bigfoot experts, and now you're proclaiming yourself to be a Bigfoot expert. Sorry. No Whoa, that sounded personal. That anyway, sounded personal. anyway. Well, so, so as far as like, again, I'm a I'm a philosopher at heart, Seth. So I like just taking these thoughts down roads and seeing what happens. I think that's a really good way of exploring the world, but also coming to conclusions. And you know, I'm not afraid to admit that I don't know everything. And I think that. If it's just an animal in the woods like it is, the chances that I think a lot more people probably don't report something, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they don't go to the newspaper. They don't. I mean, honestly, we hear like two or three or four of these people a year and you have to be thinking, what are they thinking? Oh, sure. What are the the people in? Sure. And and some of that. You, you've heard, you you know, we don't want to be thought crazy. Right. That's it's, uh, exactly the point I was going to make is like some of it's predicated on geographical location and how that every what I'm learning as I'm looking into this stuff myself is like every state or maybe even just different regions react differently to uh, Bigfoot history. You know, like Ohio is very I don't know that I would call it accepting, but at least uh, southeastern Ohio is is pretty into the Bigfoot phenomenon. So even if they're not believers, they want to hear the sighting reports and they're probably not going to laugh at you. What's funny is you go to Northern Ohio, they don't give a crap. Like, shut up about Bigfoot. We're not, we don't care. So, but then you go out to like New York and it's, it's this thing where, okay, maybe this is a part of our history, but it's a joke, right? Like you don't really take this seriously kind of thing. So people are much more hesitant to, report it so yeah totally i get what you're saying is like even if someone did see these things crossing a road they're probably not reporting it but even saying that i still just feel like data should somehow like but i i don't even know if people are tracking that or if any of of that is being tracked you know like like john green has this massive database of bigfoot sighting reports did he did he crunch numbers? I don't think he did. He probably didn't have the time. But did, did... No, he didn't do any advanced Bigfoot metrics. Yeah. And but... that's the thing. that We're just waiting for the stat geeks, the guys that are working on baseball analysis right now and really crunching those numbers. We're just waiting for them to get bored and fix it all and then move on to the next thing, which is let's take all of this data, throw it in a program, and figure out what we – what we're learning. But see, I think that's part of what the NAWAC is doing. I think there are other research groups that at least in terms of tracking sightings and then, you know, over year, years and years, you can track sightings and locations and times of year and moon cycles, mm-hmm. moon cycles. If you, if folks had only really experienced what it's like to talk to Clint, he's always uh, distracting me in some way. Usually, just staring into my eyes. Uh, I did figure out that this camera—that's where you are. So I quit looking at you now. Um, you should do that for a minute because that's I, what you're doing in your picture. See, 
I can't do it. You look just as insane as I do. Yeah, I can't do it because it it throws me off completely. But the the pro I, the thing about stats. Okay, let's say someone does crunch the numbers and they're completely random. Like, what if there is no <laughs> pattern? Like at that point, is that proof that there is no Bigfoot? Like seriously, yeah. like what if? Okay, there's like forty seven percent of or it's something completely insane like five percent of of bigfoot sightings take place at one o'clock in the afternoon when the sun is uh you know behind a cloud and five percent take i mean it could be this insane completely random series of of uh data and and then do we say well there's no pattern here at all so either this is the the like wackiest uh animal to ever live to where they just do whatever or there may not be an animal. Because there should be a pattern. Both of those are possibilities, but look, I like to think of myself as a really logical person. Um, You're wearing a Santa hat. It's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, <laughs> It's Christmas Day, man. <laughs> no, it's Santa Lucia Day, bro. Just be glad I'm not wearing my crown of candles. Yeah. No, I am glad, although it'd be fun to see your, your head catch on fire. Yeah, it'd be Michael Jackson all over in here. Um... Where were we there? Something about a crown of uh, candles. No, um, I forget. Um, Something about data. (laughs) I like to think of myself as a logical person. I mean, I am a fan of science. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that gets overlooked a lot of the times. But I also believe that we live in a world filled with mystery and energy that we can't explain. I mean, I don't know how radio works. (laughs) I don't know how electricity works. I don't understand a lot of those things. And I've seen and experienced things that I couldn't explain. I've felt feelings and emotions that I couldn't explain, whether you call those religious experiences that you have or connections with people or dreams or I, I think there is a lot of mystery in the world. I think that the problem with the... Well, we're doing this for science angle on anything is that wants to eliminate mystery. Science hates not knowing. And there is a plethora of things that we have no clue about. And it's not just limited to whether or not there's a creature in the forest. I think that one thing that we can deduce is that people are seeing something. I I think that if you... As go back as far as our known written history, like the first great work of literature involves a hairy beast companion, much like Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And we're in, you know, I live in Texas and the Indian, the Native American culture here, you can track back. You can be in California and you can track it back. You can be in Ohio, Whitehall, New York. You can be all over the globe, and this is something that people see. So what that leads me to believe is either there's an actual physical animal that is nothing more than a gorilla-ish upright creature, and we just can't catch it, or that there is that, and there may be something more to it, and we just don't know. Paranormal. I don't I don't necessarily – see, I don't, I don't know what paranormal means in terms of like – you know, <laughs> how long ago would you would the idea of an atom be paranormal? The idea that you can break down cells and molecules to 
the smallest and smallest and smallest of things. And then when you look at it, it looks exactly like our universe. And then when you smack those things together, you can cause great explosions. Who would have ever, you know, if you would have pitched that to them, when you're, if you were Galileo and you told people that, you know, hey, guess what? Um, the sun doesn't revolve around the earth. They put you on an island and call you a heretic. Sure. There are, and this is, I mean, this isn't anything new. You yeah. know, we're yeah. constantly chasing knowledge. Yeah. But we also love to think that we are in the greatest of ages. We know everything. And I think that's one thing that keeps a lot of people out of the realm of the unknown. And, and I don't, again, I don't necessarily think that that means it's paranormal. I think just because you don't know something, mm-hmm. See, uh, whether it's, that it's dark and you don't know what's in front of your face, it causes you a bit of fear. It causes you a bit of he- hesitation. The longer I've, I've been involved in this, the less hesitant I am to explore uh, not explore to learn about the aspects of it that would come across as really bizarre. So like when we were covering the Whitehall case, I talked to Paul Bartholomew a lot about UFOs because there was this UFO flap that was running concurrent to the Whitehall. In fact, like the very first article about the Whitehall event, the headline it's in the movie. The headline says something like, um, yeah, uh, UFO disc scene and no, area. no, no. It's like it's like uh, it's like Harry Monster or Little Green Men, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's a uh, there was this UFO flap going on at the time. Do I personally believe that that Bigfoots are aliens? No, because I don't I don't necessarily believe uh, there are aliens visiting Earth. So. What I am just curious about is hearing those stories and and kind of trying to maybe piece together for myself what could have been happening other than a UFO invasion of upright walking hairy aliens. Um, But I love hearing that aspect of it. Whereas when I first was getting into this, it it and I understand where we're coming from when we when you're trying to pitch this subject to legitimate scientists and you know, people outside of the realm of, of Bigfoot dumb. Um, I understand that being like, okay, well, there was also a UFO flap around the same time. It's just throwing one more log on the fire of crazy. But, yeah, but see, the thing is, is the scientific community is admitting to the <laughs> probability of life in other places. Sure, but... That's a, that's a more scientific term now than it's ever been. Sure, but I'm talking about when you're tying the two in together. It just makes the whole thing that much more bizarre. Um, like, personally, I think the evidence is there that this is some sort of ape. I've written about it. I mm-hmm. think I think that that is supported. I don't think that there is a ton to support that Bigfoot is a, uh alien. Um, I don't even know that there's... A, much of anything to support that the two are tied together. I understand that there are sighting flaps and that kind of thing where they run concurrent to each other. I think a lot of times that is uh, rooted in hysteria. Um, I think that that was the case when it came to Minerva with the the mass UFO flap that supposedly took place around the same time. I think that a lot of that had to do with the hysteria going on in Minerva. Um but I will learn I'd love to learn the history of this stuff and like how they how they do kind of intertwine occasionally. And it's funny that, you know, these two flaps, Minerva and Whitehall, they both did also involve UFOs. I gotta ask Lyle, like I remember I remember reading in the book there whether or I don't remember reading in the book, but 
if he mentioned UFOs in Falk or not. Like, I'd be curious to know what the what the sitch is down there with UFOs. I don't think I heard anything about it. Yeah, and let me again stress that yes. I'm not saying that I think that that's where they're coming from. No, 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 yeah. I, I just think that... This is just spitball. Again, every time you, you know, on this subject, it's like if there is any kind of mystery to it, that's like a thing that people jump to. But again, there's plenty of accounts in history that these these creatures do exist in some level underground. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the troglodyte angle on this makes it for as much sense as anything else. Look, and I was talking to Michael Mays about this the other night, and I know I've told you this, but like the longer I think about it, the more that it makes sense that if you are in a location that is formed because of um, certain amounts of limestone being pushed together, mm-hmm. and it forms a little mountain range, and the rock is made up of mainly limestone, we know a couple of different things about that. We know that limestone has the scientific ability to hold electric property because it's so porous. It has little tiny channels and holes running through it. So every time rain pours on limestone over time, it forms caverns. And look, we can't, <laughs> we can't dig 110 feet down into the ground, you know, mm-hmm. and get anybody down there and figure out what's going on. We can send people in a cave underground for way less time than we can put a person up into space the the idea that something could be underground makes just as much sense as well they're just really good at hiding behind trees Mm -hmm. yeah it's mark and i talked about this recently too is like it makes a lot of sense on the kentucky episode yeah yeah Um, yeah the mine shafts yeah 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 i mean it makes a certain amount of sense like here in dallas there a major thoroughfare through the city is uh it's called central expressway u.s highway 75 runs right through the heart of town all the way up north to damn near oklahoma Mm -hmm. and there's a huge like football field dome style underground sea down there Mm -hmm. where at one point we were going to have an underground train and then they scratched it and (laughs) Again, everything there there are a lot of places to hide in the world. That's sure. all I'm saying. Sure. And it, and it makes sense that look, we have all these sightings of these things around rock quarries, and I mean all those canyons and valleys. Well, that's the thing. I mean, even with even with like Minerva, that's formerly strip mined area. I mean, it's a lot of caves and stuff supposedly back there. Um, even that pond. And, and Whitehall, what do you have? The Adirondacks. Yeah. Again, um I never it, looked into that. I, I know that I know that there are caves there. In fact, um I know that Paul Gosselin looked for and this isn't in the movie um necessarily, although you actually see a picture of it. I should have uh I might <laughs> I might have to do some some rewriting on your narration, just <laughs> just FYI. Um but Paul Gosselin uh you know, became kind of obsessed with the subject after his sighting. And he and a nature photographer named Russ Kinney um, actually went on, like, Bigfoot expeditions in a plane. They, like, flew over Whitehall. Then they went down to Carver's Falls, um, which is also where I just had you record the narration. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to go in. I don't want to go into that because that's kind of don't cool. mention that movie. People will get upset. Yeah, that's true. But that's a cool little story. <laughs> that's just, that movie sucks. But um, my talk show is called OK Talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yell at yell at Clint. Okay. Um, talk. So anyway, there's they they went down to Carver's Falls at some point and actually went back in some of the caves that run behind there. And I'm not sure that they found anything, but I know that just basically my point is right behind Bear, there's all sorts of caves. There's bear dens, there's caves, there's, I mean, there's plenty of that stuff. Now, I don't know what the cave systems are like. Like, I don't know if we're just talking about little recesses into the rock, you know, or if we're talking about caves where you could actually climb down inside and, you know, walk for miles. I have no idea. Like, how far west have you been physically? Um, L.A. I used to go to Los Angeles all the time. Have you driven out that way? Yeah, we. I used to go out there, and then we would drive. Um, or I would drive. I just take a car and go up the PCH or down the PCH, whatever I wanted. And then occasionally I would drive toward Vegas. I never made it very far. I drove maybe an hour out of L.A. And then I'd turn around and come back. You can go back and get on an airplane, right? Yeah, pretty much. No, I was okay. terrified. I was absolutely terrified when I was out there. Because there's so many people and it's like, you know, the freeway system in L.A. is a nightmare. Uh, yeah. So, well, I don't know. Why were you asking? The thing about that is just the further you drive from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, the, the way that the, you know, once you basically cross the Continental Divide headed west, uh, after you get past the Rockies, they're like the terrain is so windswept mm. and time worn, and you have all these giant, giant sand and stone carvings and sculptures, and you have Navajo communities and that lived in like up in the caves, up in the cliffs, you know. Yeah, and, and they're real confused as to how they how they pulled that off. Right, right. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. There are there every time that you hear about a place where there's a lot of Bigfoot. It's like a valley or, you know, an area where there are mountains. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that Lord of the Rings taught us is that mountains are hollow. Yes. (laughs) And that there are giant fire, fire demons living, living inside. Hey, hey, that's important. Um, if you read your Bible, I do. Um, Um, but, so what I'm saying is, like, mountains cause caverns, you know? They're uh, just by their sheer formation, the way that rocks fall. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of, it makes sense to me, again, that it's a possibility. And right, but I've been in mountainous, I've been in mountainous areas where there really aren't many, at least not, uh, not automatically accessible caves. I mean, I understand that there's probably caves inside. I'm just curious... Now that you brought it up, like I'm curious to learn about that sort of thing with the Adirondacks. Um, there's, I know there's like a couple of PBS. Well, okay, so isn't there the Native American legend about the Wendigo? Wendigo, yeah. The, didn't they live underground? I don't know anything about Wendigo. Uh, I do know that that it was definitely connected to the Adirondacks because uh, Paul talks about it in the movie. I wonder. Right. I don't know. I mean, the Wendigo is a completely... To me, this is like the Stonish Giants. Like, I don't buy into the Stonish Giants being a Bigfoot legend. I think Stonish Giants are some sort of create creator legend. I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with possible Bigfoot creatures. I think it's a, 
you know, like we're really reading into it when we're saying that the the stonish skin or whatever was actually fur, and that we. I mean, have you ever heard why people? No, 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 no. I guess what I'm saying is there are legends in that area of big people. Sure. That's all I mean. That's all I mean by that. I mean. Sure, but I was trying to take us down the rabbit trail of Wendigo is probably because Wendigo is like this spirit animal thing, spirit demon thing. That like ate souls and was cannibalistic and was uh it had like wings or something. I mean like the descriptions of Wendigo don't sound anything like Bigfoot to me the actual Wendigo right but there are there again they're a big human like creature a biped right I mean it's just a giant you know they're I don't know if it was a biped. Bi- that's what I'm saying. Like I'd have to, I, I'd have to do more research into this. But I do know at one point I read about Wendigo, and I remember thinking that does not sound like Bigfoot or anything connected to Bigfoot. You want me? To, you want me to get down on some Wendigo for you right now? Get down on it. Okay, it's a half beast creature appearing in the legends of the Algonquin peoples uh-huh. along the Atlantic coast and the Great Lakes region of both the United States and Canada. The creature or spirit. What does that sound like? Well, Bigfoot's either an ape Deer. or he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Could either possess characteristics of a human or a monster that it physically transformed from a person. Okay. It is particularly associated with cannibalism. The Algonquin believed those who indulged in eating human flesh were at particular risk. It's often described in Algonquin mythology as a balance of nature. It lends its name to the disputed modern medical term Wendigo psychosis that is supposed to be a cultural-bound disorder that features symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and a fear the sufferer is a cannibal. This condition was alleged to have occurred among Algonquin native cultures. The legend has inspired a number of derived characters, so that's why you know, you've know you read all different kinds of things that it looked like and what have you. Wendigo, Again, that's yeah. That's really my point. It's that in that area there are legends of a creature that looks a lot like a man and a lot like a monster. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's our that's that's our guy. Maybe. Go back. Okay, but I'm but I'm saying if you go back to Greek, you this, know, to Greek, This is my problem, man. I'm telling you. East, though, they have the I'm telling you. Big people that lived underground that were also pretty fearsome. And I mean, what do you have in the Bible with David and Goliath and the Philistines? What about the Philistines, so, though? Like I, like they were big. Sure, they were they're just big dudes, though. What? They're just big dudes. Like, please. I so have a, I have a coming over there, and they're like three foot seven, and then here's a six five dude. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I really think it's that the Anunnaki. I think that the Israeli people. When I was over there, I was taller than everyone. Like, I think in general, a lot of people, especially back in biblical times, I think there was there was a height difference. This is getting racist real quick. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, come on, um, hey, I'm part Jewish, calling, so calling Jewish people short. No, I'm just happy. saying in that part of the country, it seemed like everyone was shorter than me. Um, And I think when you're going back like 4,000 years, I think people there, there's, there's evidence that people back then were shorter anyway. But listen, my point is I have a problem with reading Bigfoot into all of these legends in general. And I talked a little bit about this when Kathy was on the show, but I want to have her back on because like, I know that she has the same kind of outlook on it. Like Kathy doesn't just read Bigfoot into every, I'm talking about Kathy Strain too, author of, yeah. Uh, 
Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters. If you're listening to the show, you haven't read the book, check it out. Um, but anyway, I just have this, I have this fear that, that, you know, Bigfoot, the Bigfoot community especially will take something like a Stonish Giant and they automatically say, well, this is obviously evidence of, or proof that Bigfoot existed. Whereas it, it could be, I mean, maybe it is some sort of, you know, it, it's totally possible that it could at least point to that, but it could also just be part of their creation myth. And Hey, what are the, you know, like that is the perfect example of that stuff for me too. Like Stonish giants. Like, why do we say that's a Bigfoot? It, it walked upright on two, two legs. And that's really, to me, the only cult, the, the only similarity to a Bigfoot. Again, I didn't here. say the thing was the dang. Bigfoot. I'm not accusing you, Clint. I'm not accusing realize, you. I didn't realize that people were so into thinking that it was like I'm way more interested in the fact that throughout human history, again, like I said, yeah. people have been seeing something. Yeah, there is this thing in the human psyche that makes people see monsters. Sure. Um, and. I don't, I think that we would be foolish, foolish as a people, again, to completely dismiss the fact that there are legends like this throughout recorded human history. Yeah, and I'm not completely shooting down uh, reading, you know, Bigfoot into stuff, because I, I obviously do a ton of research on historical Bigfoot reports. When I do, like, library presentations, that's typically what I talk about is old, like, newspaper articles and, and Native American legends and stuff. When I speak, that is usually what my focus is on. Um, you, know what I, you know what I say when I go speak at the library? No, what? How about that Dewey Decimal System, huh? Oh, uh, dog. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh... I'm just saying temperate. Like you got to, you, you've got to temper. Not, and I'm not speaking to you. I'm just speaking okay. in general. Like people have to temper some of that stuff because I do see a lot of people posting online. You know, like they'll argue with a skeptic and they will literally say, "Why are you saying there's no proof of Bigfoot throughout history when we have Stonish giants or this Indian legend or that Indian legend?" You know what I mean? I like it's, it's, that's I not proof of anything. Really know that was an argument. I mean, I can't. I can't busy my time hanging out in said forums, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that the the legend of creatures runs through human history. And look, that could very easily be explained by the fact that there are some sort of... And, and hey, man, there could be like multiple species. Let's be honest. I mean, when we discovered, you know, when we heard the people in Africa talking about how there were silverback gorillas and we're like yeah and then we found them we're like whoa that's crazy and then these other people are like hey there's these other things and they look even more like us and (laughs) move more like us and are closer to us in activity and that we're like yeah whatever and then boom we discover a billy ape you know and this isn't like this is that long ago um so there could be a situation where there we're dealing with multiple off shoots of a similar ape species. And that could be all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that would be probably the most logical thing. But again, the idea that they've been seen through history, I think gives credence to the idea that there is something that it's either inside of us that we're projecting into yeah. the world, you know, yeah. Psych- psychosis or whatever, or, you know, there is really something out there. Mm-hmm. And look, we both know people who put hand to the Bible on it. Mm-hmm. 
there's that guy that I, you talked about on the show who who preached at it. He put he put hand to the Bible. Th- think think him mad if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he thought it was a demon again crossing the spiritual yeah. plane there with it. But look, okay, didn't uh, and let me give you some inside baseball, dear listener. Um, hopefully it's okay that I say this, and if it's not, you can cut it out. But you told me that Brian Brown of the Bigfoot show called you after he had his sighting in area X, right? Sure. I definitely don't think I'm supposed to say that. For real? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But you're his buddy. Yeah, but I don't think anything that happens in X is supposed to be like on the record automatically. I don't think anyone's allowed to like speak about this is, this is all, this stuff's all super NDA. Listen to you getting all conspiracy secret society. (laughs) Like they're going to show up. Like all listen, I'm leaving this in. I'm just saying Brian might behead me. All I'm seeing is a hood going over your head right now, and then the screen <laughs> goes blank yeah. with a message: "You saw nothing. It was a bear." Yeah. Um. But look, you know, you believe Brian to, or this person <laughs> to be a, uh, you know, a credible person. Mm-hmm. You've talked to plenty of people that you believe to be credible people, and they definitely believe they experienced something sure let me ask you a question Hmm. so you know how there are a lot of descriptions of it running bent at the waist yes kind of like how it looks on on the poster actually right is that kind of what you mean or do you mean more like like, more like almost like it's about to go like specifically in oklahoma okay yeah like it's about to go quadruped almost yeah it was bent over right 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 yeah and more like sure. pumping its arms. Yeah. If you were in a situation where you were in a he- heavily wooded area and you saw something tear off through the bush and it was bent over with a flat back, mm-hmm. what would you be inclined to believe that you saw? Bear. Yep. I mean, it's something to think about. Yeah. But All there's right. also been plenty of, uh, you know, other type of sightings we got to wrap this up man i just realized 57 minutes has flown by um we are on wadsworth community community geez wadsworth community radio wcr 97.1 fm if you're listening in ohio you can listen to us on wadsworth community radio.com as well and obviously saswhat.com uh but i just needed to put mention that real quick because i know last week i completely left out the wadsworth community radio listeners so thank you for listening if you are and uh, make sure you follow us on facebook if you aren't but how far is how far is wadsworth from Cayoga? uh we're 25 minutes really 20, 20 25 minutes yeah i can drive it's like there right about it's like minutes. right there yeah we're in there all the time i mean i drive right by it okay so uh clint real quick throw a plug in and do it in less than like 40 seconds Okay, uh, oktalk.podbean.com, at oktalkshow on Twitter, oktalkshow on Facebook. Email me at ok, or oktalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, and thanks for coming on and, and saving us this week. Hopefully, Matsky will be feeling better next week, and, and hopefully people didn't mind us just kind of riffing tonight. So, I thought uh, it was great. Yeah. And and thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Sorry if I stepped on you.
Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at Seth Breeds Love. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswhatmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. 